Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Start and end your day with the good news. The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at angieaustinradio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin and friends with the good news. Welcome to the good news. Very excited to have producer Moose joining me for good news today. And you have an exciting update, an interview you are going to do in the next segment. Let's talk about that. Uh, well, it was uh, nice filling in for you last week and, uh, you know, being in the Angie chair. But uh, I have some friends coming in. We've had Purple Door Coffee on the show before. And uh, last month they did this whole big fundraiser because they want to be able to help more street kids. Because right now they have only so many street kids that they can have in the coffee shop. And they said that they have this vision and will to do more. So the best way they can do that is by instead of opening another shop, they can open a roastery and be able to uh, roast coffee, be able to put out another product, and be able to employ more street kids and get more really? people off the streets. So they'll be roasting coffee, right? Roasting and coffee, more homeless kids who are some of these kids just haven't even had a chance, right? And and, and helping them get employment, and they kind of mentor them and guide them in the, in the employment. It's not just a job, right? It's kind of like uh, with our friends at Arc, the ambassadors. They don't just have a job; they have life skills training they're told then helped out to do a uh, checkbook and are given a place to live and like they have to pay rent and all these other things and more than just hey here's a job they actually kind of teach them how to be a a self-sufficient person again it's like life training and yeah, exactly they're christians but yes. um the kids they bring in aren't necessarily christians some become christians after working with right they this don't christian they group. don't shove it down their throat they just lead by example and love them how jesus would love them and just a excellent uh organization that they have and they've been pushing they wanted to raise a hundred thousand dollars and i got to talk to madison a while ago and they're kind of struggling with that and it kind of hurt my heart that they uh first had a hundred thousand dollar goal and being that they thought oh we're not going to reach it they notched it down to seventy five thousand dollars and that just broke my heart because like that means less street kids getting help they had to cut some things for whatever reason and when i talked to her about it i said no your goal is still a hundred thousand dollars not seventy five and so that put a smile on her face that you will get it if it's not by the deadline that the online people gave you, you will get your $100,000. So they've been in my prayers, always been helping them. Got Purple Door Coffee on our sister stations trying to get the word out for them. But uh, they're coming on the show a little bit later today just to give an update on how that roastery fundraising is going. Great, great. And I loved it. And what Madison said last time I talked to her, when I asked her about how as Christians they led, and she, like you said, said they led by example, right. and they hope that the kids see their faith through the way that they help all these homeless kids and it's inspiring to see a kid turn their life around and I've talked to some of them when they've been on the other stations that we have and uh, they you know one guy said he used to go to church when he was younger and then as he grew up he became homeless and didn't happen and then once he found the, the love of Jesus Christ again through these people at purple door coffee he just was overwhelmed with how amazing it was love it love it so excited to talk to them and we're gonna start with a little good news as well um, let's uh, oddly enough we're going to talk about a coffee cart story. Yay! So that's kind of that's kind of interesting. And what I like about this, Moose, you mentioned ARC and how um, I love how ARC takes differently abled um, people and fits the job to their gifts. 
And in this particular story, it has to do with a coffee cart that a teacher decided that they, she would start with their special ed students. So here are kids that maybe don't feel like part of the community of the school, that they feel a little bit left out, a little bit ostracized. And so in this coffee cart, they were able to really give them some life skills, teach them responsibility, teach them job skills, and make them feel like part of the school community. And because only the special ed kids work on the coffee cart for the teachers, they feel kind of like the big man on campus or big gal on campus. Celebrity status, yeah. Yeah, celebrity status because they get to do the coffee cart for the teachers and they go to get the donations from a local bakery. And I think it's so neat that local businesses are supporting this school that have put this, um, their middle schoolers Mm -hmm. into, uh, you know, help put this coffee cart into the school. So anyway, um, I'll just let the teacher tell a little bit about it and then uh, we'll we'll flesh it out a little bit more and you'll hear from some of the kids in the special ed program too. As a special ed teacher, you have on average kids in three different grade levels and within those grade levels depending on what students you have you're planning for each of those students so there's the curriculum aspect but I'm also kind of trying to think long range and with the families looking at okay where are these kids going like high school and beyond the rest of their life my name is Sadie Guthrie and I'm a special ed teacher at Lawton Alternative School I think the advantage special ed teachers have is we get so close to the family and we work so hard with certain students every day that you kind of you can't not have an emotional relationship with these families and kids. Sometimes it's really difficult for special ed or school settings to be like, okay, you know, go talk to this person. But if you don't have like a common ground, it's pretty difficult. And I think when I thought to bring Coffee Cart to Lawton, I just really thought there could be nothing better to like improve our community and give the kids in my class like more opportunity to become part of the greater school community. And I love the idea that there's they this really develops their confidence. Yeah, I mean, be able to interact well and not and uh, make eye contact and not be shy and meet new people that you may not uh, you know meet all the time and and believe that that they're to know that they're capable of actually having a job. And here they are, just middle schoolers, a lot of middle schoolers that aren't in special ed don't even get the opportunity to learn these job skills that the kids in the special ed program are learning. Well, the thing is, when I was talking with Mudflap last week, he said, you know, way back when, when you'd have somebody who had Down syndrome or some other disability like that, you'd, you'd send them off and never see them again. Yes. They'd be in some sort of And now it seems appalling. Right. To send them off and like, and that's what they were pressured to do oftentimes. Put them, you know, when I did um, the ARC graduation, and I do it now, um, I've done it several times, let's put it that way. Um, there was a young man that came from um, Colorado Springs and he won an award for being an outstanding employee. And the thing that just broke my heart was that he talked about, he gave two special dates while he was um, institutionalized. And this is, by the way, a high-functioning guy, in my opinion, with a disability. He's a cashier at the ARC store in Colorado Springs. And I, I found him to be quite articulate. I thought, thought he was pretty high-functioning. Yeah. And he gave two dates. Um, and it was a date that his father had come to visit him. And then the, I, I'm ready to cry right now. And a date that his mother had come to visit him oh, in just... his childhood. A date. Jeez, that's heartbreaking. And he gave the year. Like he gave the the year and the date and the month, and that was those were the highlights of his time there. He oh, when his man. parent, I mean, came to. I mean, I I I I about fell out of my chair that he could be so positive when he'd been so shunned. But that was what they were taught. Right. As a parent, I can't even imagine seeing my kid once. Unbelievable. Or putting them somewhere. Yeah. Or, yeah. Of course. But now you know what I mean. 
to give them, um, to give the parents from back in the day um, a little bit of compassion. Um, there weren't the same school programs. I mean, you know, Laridan, I believe it was, is it Larry and Danny or Larry? And they, the, the, the family had two boys with disabilities. Mm-hmm. And so they pulled their kids out of the school or they were told they couldn't be in the school. I'm not getting the history quite right, but basically they started that school or that um, to, to offer people who are differently abled a way to get uh, resources and help and guidance. Guidance and education, Laridan. Yeah, and you know, with uh, Sela being behind in her speech, it just seemed like you know, you know, however many decades ago, think, oh well, she needs to be institutionalized because she's not normal. Well, she's a normal little girl that's just not speaking as fast. And it was the exact same way with me. And my parents thought, oh, it's because he has inner ear issues. But as we're developing really? Sela and watching how she developed the same way I developed, it's like maybe I didn't have ear issues. Maybe I was just slow to develop in my speech patterns. And so just seeing how um, with Sayla having therapy and different things like through play help her develop more. When she hangs out with kids that are slightly older and being able to speak better than she can, her speech develops way faster and more than just, okay, let's sit in the classroom and this is a ball, this is red, let's count to five. So just through play and like something that doesn't really come to mind when you think back however many decades ago of, oh, they're different, so let's just throw them in a cage or give them away. And see, I don't think of Sayla as different because she's so bright, and so the fact that she doesn't speak as much, she gets everything. Right. She understands everything. Everything. I like You can tell her the most complicated thing, and she'll go and do it, but she can't like explain Articulate it back to you. it. Right. And you said you had the same issues mm-hmm. with speaking. Interesting. Well, because, like, <laughs> you know, my... Um, my wife is around Sayla all the time, so she kind of understands her little speech patterns. Right. Sayla will be communicating to me, and I'll just turn to Annabelle. I need a translation. She yes. She's so animate on whatever she's saying. I have no idea what it is. Oh, she wants you to go do this. Oh, okay, great. And I kind of understand. I'm probably like, you know, 60 to 70% of what Annabelle understands yeah. is what I understand. Yeah. But when I was a kid, it was the same thing for my sister. She understood everything I would oh. say. My mom was getting frustrated. So she would just wait and wait and wait for my sister to come home. Oh, the wow. bus would drop her off, and she'd be like, what is he? saying like holding me up to my sister that who's four years older than me it's hilarious like, oh, he wants to go to the park well hey we're at the park there's the bus stop let's go oh that is so funny well i, I hey i looked up laridan by the way because i wanted to make sure i got it right because what they did was so uh important um joseph and elizabeth calabrese in 1948 the public school system denied an education to their sons because they deemed them mentally retarded mm. so um the parents invested their life savings into the creation of this special school laridan named after their two sons, Larry and Don. And it says news of this much needed school spread so quickly, quickly that within two years they were filled to capacity. So that shows you back in the 40s, they were just like, well, we can't take them in school. Why don't you put them in an institution? Right. But these parents had the money and the wherewithal that they thought, no, we're going to start a special school just for them. Very nice. Pretty and cool. it's still going on today and with different capacity of, of ARC wanting to help people out in this coffee cart wanting to help these kids out. And it's just amazing to see the love and how minds and hearts have changed over the past 60 years. Well, here's the other thing I really like. This teacher took it upon herself. These teachers, first of all, they're not paid much. They do things on their extra time. You know, they're, they're taking papers home. Um, working with kids in special ed can be challenging. It can take more energy. It yes. can be frustrating sometimes with just the communication aspect that we were just speaking of. And so she took it upon herself to start this coffee cart to give these kids in special ed some skills that they would not otherwise receive, but also to integrate them into the school, like society, and to make them feel normal and part of the community. So here's Noah, one of the kids in the special ed class who works on the the teacher coffee cart, talking about it. My name is Noah. 
I give coffee to teachers. Cha-ching! <laughs> my name's Vidad. My job in coffee cart to ask the teachers they want coffee. My name's Jackie. I'm a brewster. Nathan, I'm the cashier. I think it's money. My name is David. I order coffee. I think everyone was a little hesitant to start. They like didn't really get the purpose. But once I kind of explained, you know, we're learning, you know, job skills and independence and responsibility and all these functional skills and you know we're being a part of the community, it kind of started to click. And then when we started doing it, it just you know rocketed. We go to Devil's Teeth, which is a local bakery, and we get a baked good donation. We're like now out in the actual community, showing people really what we're capable of. Then we have to learn transportation skills, which are really important in big urban cities. We then have to take the transportation to get the baked goods, where we do kind of like social interactions with strangers. Safe strangers, obviously. <laughs> Hello, my name is Noah, and I'm from Lot Middle School, and we're here to pick up the big goods. Awesome. We're going to get those right up for you, Noah. Yeah! <laughs> I love the idea that it teaches them to com communicate. Like, you go and you need to ask for the big goods. You need to tell them why we're here. Right, as opposed to, you know, just, you know, standing silently and letting the teacher command everything. It helps them communicate with the stranger, well, the good strangers of, uh, you know, hi, my name is Noah. I'm from the middle school. I'm here for the baked goods. I think it's beautiful. And how good do you think this makes them feel? Oh, I bet they're through the roof, especially when they broke through that uh, ceiling that was holding them down. Because probably the first time they were embarrassed or shy and didn't want to do it. But once being able to put that together, communicate clearly, get what they asked for, and to be able to do it with no must, no fuss. I'm sure they're absolutely like sky high. Well, and also it's teaching. The cool thing too is it's um, it's giving them the job skills as a tween so that when they have an, an institution like ARC that's in so many big cities, right. they're already prepared and have the confidence to get that first job and to know, hey, I may be differently abled, but I can still hold a job, you know? And the one guy to hear me, he's a brewmaster or a barista yes. or something. Yeah, yeah. pour the and coffee. I like it when Noah said, um, um, I, I get the teachers their coffee cha-ching cha -ching. because he gets the money you know they pay for it right it actually collect they collect money and how cool though for the teachers to have pastries and coffee and like a coffee cart at school mm -hmm. i mean wouldn't that be awesome to have it here wouldn't any organization love to have that oh, of course i was just thinking about my first year at uh, schmar schmucks and we had this young gal who'd come in a couple times a week she had down syndrome those were my favorite days of the week oh, when she would come in morale went up and she would wipe down the well a lot of the other employees didn't really want to like interact with her or guide or whatnot. I loved it. And so I'd say like, I'd give her a list and be like, all right, Katie, here's what you need to do. And she'd wipe down the tables and do the dishes and she would do like minute cleaning and whatnot. I said, Katie, I stink at cleaning. And she'd tell me, I know. Aww. And she would do it for me. <laughs> Because well, she knew they, I was, she was better at it than me. And she would say exactly what she thought. And I'm like, all right, great, go and do it because I want you to do it better than me. Well, and you and I have a bond with differently abled people. I think some people feel a little tentative or a little bit shy, right. you know, in the situation until they're around people who are disabled. Mm -hmm. You know, we recently did a story about um, a disabled um, program at the New York City Ballet. And one of the primary dancers said, I'd never had experience with disabled people before. And he said, I had no idea how touched I'd be right, by teaching they went this out, They put course. together that special ballet school. Yeah, I remember that. Isn't that beautiful? Mm -hmm. All right, so uh, here's part three. And again, this is uh, a coffee cart put together in a school, a teacher who had the idea to do this coffee cart with her special ed students. 
So Coffee Guard's kind of cool because we're creating that community within our school and it's mobile so my students are getting out of the classroom, they're being seen as like very productive contributing members of our school. Any school in this country could take this example to help transform their own school community, to make sure that every child feels accepted, that every child feels that they belong, that they have a place. Favorite time of day, <laughs> coffee cart. So at the start of the year, most of the other teachers didn't, I mean, they knew of my students, but they didn't know their name or didn't really know their abilities or personalities. And so now at this point, now that we're at the end of the year, teachers know all of my students' names. They know what they like to do. You know, they're incredibly charismatic. There's something about each and every one of them that, you know, makes you want to, like, talk to them more or see them more. None of the teachers, the majority of the teachers, didn't even know these kids' names. They just saw them in the hallway, maybe waved at them, but now everyone knows them. Oh, because they're celebrities. They're the copy cart people. Isn't that awesome? That was great. But what, I just, it popped into my head. I'm going to tell Lloyd Lewis at ARC about this, the president, because I just think it's a great business model that you could go to, that you could get support for ARC, and you could bring the coffee cart, because we used to get a coffee cart in our newsroom, and it'd be a special treat for us, right. that the barista would come with the coffee cart, and we'd get special coffees, maybe at the end of, you know, like ratings or sweeps, you know, when we do well in the ratings, yeah. and they'd bring the cart in. What a cool thing to have businesses support ARC, pay for the cart to come in, um, treat their workers to a really great latte, but also support the disabled community. It's different skills different uh, way you do things because working in retail is different than food service and it's just different skills and different way to manage things because working at Starbucks it was a dance you had to learn rhythm and you had to yes. learn the right pace not to say Great. that this smart schmucks smart yes smart schmucks not Starbucks <laughs> and when uh, when uh, I'm mean, not saying that the um, cart will be this busy as you know a line out the door like a schmucks but uh, you know just the the way to do it of timing things out because there's there is actually like choreography to do yes. it the way the machine well, you'd have to have like an employee that you know isn't disabled along right. helping but mm -hmm. I'll bet you these guys and gals some of them really have um, a knack for um, if you autistic kids we yes. did a story on the car wash mm -hmm. and the owner of the car wash whose son is autistic said they're outstanding because they like um, the his employees like repair Competitive. Um, it's the same thing over and over and over again. The coffee car would be a great thing. And they're outstanding at it. I just think we need to start looking at people who are disabled or differently abled and see what their gifts are and then find jobs where their gift really matches it. And as Lloyd says at ARC, there is that intangible benefit that you just mentioned at Schmucks when you worked with a girl with Down syndrome. It's the morale that has helped so much. Yep. Let's listen to part four, that morale certainly was helped at the school with the coffee cart with the special ed kids. Coffee carts is such a special, unique thing that no other students get to do, so they kind of, big man on campus kind of thing. They really like it and feel important when they do it. I see so much in them and kids with disabilities in general, so when I hear people kind of, you know, even unintentionally put them down or not expect the best, it, um, it's hard. Even if you face challenges, those challenges aren't necessarily the important part. It's more like what are the skills that you do have that you're going to use to move forward. So it's less about what are you struggling with, it's more about like how awesome can you be. <laughs> how, how awesome, awesome can, can you yeah. be? I love this. I'm just so touched by what she's doing. I, I, um, I believe her name's Carla, and uh, I just think it's so neat. And on top of that, I mean, with Purple Door Coffee coming up next, you know, just the, the power of coffee. People don't really think about, you know, oh, it's just my morning Joe. But it touches lives because, you know, you sit down with a good friend and have a cup of coffee. Or the way coffee, it, like, 
maybe brings back memories or something about Christmas or there's good things that bring that unite people over well, coffee. Well, and so many people see it as their pick me up, like their yep. smile. It brings their smile out in the morning. You yes. know, I know I'm not quite myself because you know how early I wake up. <laughs> yeah. I'm not quite myself until I get some coffee. When you and I used to be here together at the station at three thirty in the morning, that was one of the first things you did. Yep. Was make, make coffee. coffee. Yeah. And you had your own special way of doing it. It's just a great way for people to bond. I mean, maybe when you're younger, like people like you have a drink together. But my my friends, we get together for coffee. Yep. That's our, our that's a way of celebrating. All right. So come. Coming up next is Purple Door Coffee, Madison, and she got a barista named Kevin to join us today. Excellent. All right. Looking forward to Madison and Kevin next on The Good News. You, you'll want to hear this wonderful story about Purple Door is doing for the homeless teen community. Coming up next. This is the place where love lives. 810 KLVZ. Hi, it's Angie Austin with the good news. Did you know the Denver Rescue Mission needs you and your help, and they need turkeys, your turkeys. They need 15,000 turkeys to help those who are hungry and in need. They should be frozen 12 pounds or larger. You can bring the turkeys to the Lawrence Street Shelter between 8 a.m. and 6 p.m. or donate online. You can donate the amount of that turkey online so the mission can buy their own. And I have to tell you, I have been there on several Thanksgivings, I believe about four years in a row. I cannot tell you how much people appreciate these meals. Almost every single person that comes through the line looks me in the eye and thanks me, even though I'm just serving them. You know, and they are so grateful to have this beautiful meal. And believe me, it is a beautiful meal. Absolutely delicious and very much appreciated by the people who maybe don't have a place to go for Thanksgiving. So again, the Denver Rescue Mission needs 15,000 turkeys. Go to denverrescuemission.org slash turkey for more info. Do you ever feel like you're just searching for a church and you just can't find the right one? Well, I must have looked for about 10 years. I have to tell you, I've never been so excited to go to church. I feel that Pastor John Moreland, my pastor, that's you, John, um, has a real gift for teaching. And there's so much love in that church. And I've never felt more welcome. And I have to tell you, Pastor Moreland, I just... I, I love going to church now. I learn something every week, and, I, and I, I just feel so blessed by you. It makes me cry. Well, I'm humbled to hear you say that. Denver Christian Bible Church is about two things. One, we want to make genuine connections with people, and two, we want to genuinely connect those people to Jesus. Thursday night, we connect. You can go to dinner. You get to know people. And then on Sundays, I just feel like it's a time of getting together and learning, and I feel I'm always hugged. I've never been hugged so many times in my life by people who are really happy to see me there. And so I feel like I'm growing, but I also feel like I have a support system at Denver Christian Bible Church. So if people would like to come, how do they reach you, Pastor Moreland? Please go to our website. You can download our sermons for free and find out where we are, denverbible.org. Hi, it's Angie Austin. Have you ever thought about mentoring someone? Well, guess what? We need you. The Denver Rescue Mission needs mentors for kids and adults. Hello, Alexa with the Denver Rescue Mission. So how can we help you? Uh, You can sign up to be a mentor for a child or an adult, um, people who are um, in one of the Denver Rescue Mission programs. um, And you basically sign up at denverrescuemission.org. And for mentoring, there's a little bit more involved. You may have to do a background check in some of those things. But it's a, a few times a month commitment. And you can spend, you know, an hour or so with a kiddo or an adult and really pour into their lives a little bit when they've come from some some situations in their lives and just be a friend. Yeah, be a friend. And you've been mentoring someone and you find mentoring that young gal very satisfying. I do. I'm mentoring a 14-year-old girl and it's been just a blast. So I really encourage you to, you know, look into it. And give us your website again. DenverRescueMission.org. 
Connect with us on Facebook and 810klvz.com. Welcome back to the good news. Hey, we've had these uh, this lovely organization on the show before, and I've gotten a chance to talk with them a lot about their heart behind their mission. And gosh, what an amazing, amazing group of people they are. We have Madison from Purple Door Coffee. Hi, Madison. Hello. And I uh, had you in the studio a while ago for a little public affairs uh, interview because you had an awesome fundraiser going on. Tell us a little bit about what you had going on in the past couple months. Yeah, so we have been trying to open a coffee roastery. Because right now you just have the coffee shop where you can exactly. get the goody drinks and the nice little pastry treats. Yeah. But now you actually want to roast the coffee. Yeah, which cool. is great because we'll be able to offer more jobs to people who want to leave homelessness. We needed to raise about $100,000 for that, and we raised about seventy. Wow. So that's a great start, and we're super thrilled about that, but we do we do have... St- we still still got some work to do. Right. Yeah. And so yeah, the purpose behind Purple Door is to take street kids off the street, give them life skills, job and a job. And uh, we actually have one of your lovely employees with us in the studio. Why don't you go ahead and introduce? Uh, lovely. Yes. My name is Kevin Person, and I've been working for Purple Door Coffee since about February. Yes. Yeah. Oh, so for quite a while. And you, uh, what, what's been your favorite thing about working at Purple Door? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> So I love pretty much every aspect of working at Purple Door Coffee, but my favorite favorite is trying to master the parameters of espresso and latte art. Oh. It's just something about making that perfect moment for someone. And I'll tell you what, I used to work for Schmar Schmucks back uh, not <laughs> a long time ago, and everyone's like, oh, latte art, because that's when it started to be really big and popular. and. I just can't get it. Mm. I can't even like it. My leaf looks like a puddle. And it's like, I just, I can't even do it. You, you might, have you done anything more than just the cool little maple leaf? Do you, what, what other art type stuff have you been able to pull off? So mainly I've been practicing the leaf, but I can get the ribbon style of the leaf and I can get all three sets of the leaf in there. So it looks like the full like tulip. Oh, fancy. Um, I've also started doing it where I swirl the the leaf so that it comes out either in an S or like a circular pattern. Oh. He's actually really good. <laughs> He's an incredible barista. And uh how are, how is your latte art skills, Madison? Um they're pretty they're okay. I, I I honestly think latte art is about practice. Yes. Yeah. And so I've been doing it for almost 3 years now. And so after that you just kind of get used to it and you start I can do like the basic barista stuff, tulips, hearts, you know, leaves. I guess there's competitions for this sort of thing. Yes. Would you ever go to a competition for latte art, Kevin? Um, I would. In fact, Madison herself has suggested that I do so based on my latte art. Um, I feel like what I would like to do is get better at efficiency before I do that because you have to speak and make the drink and do that all within a set time period to compete. I see. And so you've been with Purple Door since February. Uh, Would you mind telling us a little bit about your story of how you got to Purple Door? Of course. Um, I became homeless when I was 18. I feel like there are a number of factors in that. I went through a lot of trauma, a lot of abuse, but through that, I kind of took on some of those patterns as well. And a lot of that, I think I took on those patterns because I wasn't able to hold love for myself. So I kind of came to Purple Door because I hit this wall point where I was like, the more I don't care about myself, the more I'm getting everything I don't want. Mm -hmm. So if I just like, I just hit this wall point and I was like, I'm going to try for something and I'm going to give it everything that I've got. 
And so I talked with Dry Bones, and I hadn't really been very open about my 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 story about really anything. And real quick, Madison, would you tell us what Dry Bones is, real quick? Yeah, Dry Bones Denver is a nonprofit, and they hang out in the downtown Denver area, and they spend a lot of time among homeless teens and young adults. Um, it's kind of an outreach ministry, essentially. If I remember correctly, you were an intern there, and that's kind of yep. working there. With the that's what birthed Purple Door. Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. Continue. Perfect. So through Dry Bones, I began to speak with them. And as Madison just mentioned, Dry Bones is the main rep referral agency for Purple Door. That's how they find people that are ready to really leave the community and really get into another lifestyle. Um, for me, I came to Purple Door really in this place of openness. And I feel like that's what really they were looking for is that want to change and that openness to receive the change. So I came to Purple Door wanting to figure out how to love myself again. Well, it's a, it's a great mission and a great way to find it. And you've been there for eight months or so. And have you started to find that? And how's that journey come? I would say most definitely. I began seeing uh, a therapist through Dry Bones but through Purple Door, they also offer, she's a lovely lady. Her name is Joyce. She does our life coaching. And through her work, she has granted me so much awareness, self-awareness. Uh, and she's able to sit there with everything that you've got and just let you move through it. And I feel the way Purple Door cares about you, they care about you as a person. They don't see you... You're a person and not, yeah. in a, you're a person first and not an employee not later. Exactly. And through this community, I've learned to be very aware of myself and come to find that um, love for myself again. So, yes. <laughs> awesome. Well, you've been with Purple Door for quite a few months. Is there any sort of like great story, something that always like you keep in the back of your heart to hold on to that helps you feel like, yes, you are on a journey of change? Yes. A specific story about that would be. There's so many. <laughs> yeah, there, there really are so many. Um, it was one me and Madison were just discussing recently. I have had a lot of issues with self-confidence and with uh, other things. So there's been a lot in my life where I haven't felt like very worthy. So when I approach things like that, I used to think like I need to do this within this certain time scale or I need this something from someone else. What I've learned is that all that I need, I can provide for myself. And it will come in the time that it comes in. And the main story of that is really like, I have been really reluctant to date anyone because I've had a lot of trauma around my sexuality. Um, I personally am gay and I don't like to talk about that much because I've had a lot of trauma around that. So I was involved in certain in certain cycles where I would follow like promiscuity as a way of getting external validation. And the biggest instance is that just recently someone from my past contacted me 
trying to follow that course of action. And I told myself, I feel powerful enough to live out of my whole self and I don't need their validation because I'm good enough as I am. And what I really want is care, not just momentary pleasure. So the real validation would be to find, to have someone want me as much as I want them, not just seek this momentary sensation. Wonderful. Well, I'm, I can just see that you are you know, wanting to work through that. And that's a great, great uh, breakthrough. And Madison, are you working with uh, him for the past however many months? Has there been like a snowball effect of him just, you know, change, change, change more day yeah. in and day out? Yeah. I mean, it's so funny because I think, um, oh, sorry. <laughs> Don't break my stuff. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm breaking stuff in the studio. Um, I, I've seen a, a lot of change and growth in everyone, <laughs> including all of the managers at Purple Door Coffee. Um, so it's not just Kevin or street kids or people. It's all of us kind of grow together. But it's funny because we do, we very rarely have these big moments mm-hmm. that are like, and then he had this breakthrough where he broke through the tape of, uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> it's not like that. It's like these little incremental shifts. Right. And then it's like a cumulative effect. And, and I've seen that in Kevin. I mean, when Kev first started working for us, he was very nervous and shy and timid. And um, I mean, even uh, to be honest, I think for him to be here sharing his story is. a Yeah. Look at you, radio beautiful. star. Come on. <laughs> yeah. And he's I mean, Kevin is one of the most well-spoken, intelligent people I know. And um, and I remember when I first met him being like, why is he not out there more? He's so talented and kind and smart um they're just all of there's so many things but i will say the thing i'm the most proud of is to is to watch kevin become learn to be gracious to himself oh yeah cool like as you're as you're talking my friend just realizing your um the changes you're making in yourself not not to you know call you a toddler but i have a toddler at home i have a three-year-old little girl she's behind in her speech and mm-hmm. we think like she's been through therapy and been through this and the other over the past year and we feel like we have come nowhere mm-hmm. it's like she's still behind but we i looked at a video of her from a year ago i'm like holy cow she has changed she has done so mm-hmm. much she has grown so much and you know just like you can't see everything day to day and all blends together but looking at where you were a year ago are you a completely different person I would say I'm a better person. I wouldn't say I'm a completely different person. Better, that's a good word. Yes. Um, But I don't mind at all that you compare me to someone who is young because in a lot of ways, I did stop my development as a tool to to protect myself. So I did cause some arrested development. Mm -hmm. And I feel like maybe I didn't solely, I wasn't the sole cause of that, but I underwent that type of being behind. As you continue your time at Purple Door Coffee, what do you hope that the future holds for you? I love plants. <laughs> Let me be very clear Kevin's about that. Kevin's a genius. That. He's a plant genius. I'm not kidding. Plant genius. I have, start, I have applied to volunteer for the Botanic Gardens. I would love to create spaces for organic food production that also build community and build economy. So what that would look like is making food spaces for locally produced food that could be delivered locally and also build community spaces to bring people together. Let's say that looks like dry bones therapy groups or whatever that looks like. Or I could even just bring, make really beautiful giant garden spaces for ecotourism. So my passion lies in 
knowledge and building a community sense, but I love doing that with plants, but I'm also really good with coffee. So my ideal position would be as probably a food production slash ethnobotanist. A what now botanist? Ethnobotanist. <laughs> it means um, people who study plants from a certain region. Oh. Just like ethnicity means like the cultural place where you've come from. Ethnobotany is like the plants of the Colorado prairie. So, oh, that's really cool. Yeah. My my uncle, I uh, found out like when I was younger that he had his doctorate in botany and then I looked up what the heck botany was. I'm like, he has his doctorate in plants? How lame is that? But he was like the head um, ranger at Mount Rainier and all these other famous awesome places. And so, It's the whole world, man. Yeah. It's a, and Kevin is, I have a feeling he's going to do really well. There. Rock the plant world. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, go ahead. Real quick, I was thinking about what you were saying about your um, daughter, your mm -hmm. toddler. And I was thinking the, th the thing that I take away from that is not that there's delayed development, but that you have to redefine progress. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, when you're, whenever you're, if you're comparing yourself all the time to everyone else, you lose sight of progress. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's like if you lose 10 pounds over a year versus if you get lap band surgery. Right. You know, you might not notice it, but it's happening and it's real. And you sometimes you have to look back in the past and the progress is incremental. Well, one of the things that I came across last week that as we were talking uh, about today, I thought, oh, I have to share this. Eight positive things that or eight things that positive people do differently. And I think, you know, this is right along the time, things of what you're talking about, uh, Kevin and Madison as well. And one of the things is try to find something every day to look forward to. It's like no matter how cruddy your day is, if you're in meetings or fundraising stuff, or you just don't want to go to work that day, find something that you you look forward to. Like there's days, there's meetings every week that I have that I just dread. But then I know that I get to go home and hang out with my daughter because I have another job and those are the days I don't have to work that night. And so it's like awesome. I get to hang out. That's my, my light at the end of the tunnel. Another thing is celebrate the small stuff, which you know you guys at Purple Door do quite often. And it's like, you know, with my daughter and her speech, there's words or phrases that we try to work on her with like you know say this say this and she's just not getting it but then out of the blue she'll say something that we've never worked on and we you know cheer and throw a little mini parties like awesome you said bathroom as opposed to whatever nonsense word you made up for it great awesome and then uh they're kind and you know my interaction with the people from purple door coffee you guys are amazingly kind sweet people and you are involved with a community of kindness people that from the bottom of their hearts gave you $70,000 to be able to impact the community greater yeah. through coffee through. I mean, there's like, you can give somebody a, you know, plate of food, but to give them a job to teach them how to, you know, be a person again, get them involved through coffee is, is pretty amazing. Um, um, I don't know if you know this about purple door, but they don't just help street youth through their coffee business. They have direct trade relationships with their coffee um, so Corvus and Sweet Bloom Coffee both like pay directly to the farmers. Some of the farmers have tasted their coffee for the, the very first time because of their relationships. So we're not just being kind to people here and at home. We're trying to do that by being kind and buying the, the right whole, products and the right to people. To the whole world, yeah, to awesome. everyone involved. And that, you know, that goes on to stay busy and uh, not like stress out of your mind busy, but make sure that you, you know, I, you know, idle hands do the devil's play work or whatever. Yes. So, you know, stay busy. It's like, as I uh, told the guests we had last week, whenever I come home and my wife has a honeydew list, I just want to come home and hit it hard as opposed to she tries to let me sit down and like, watch you play with the kids, you know, have some coffee. But, you know, like, object in motion stays in motion and object to rest stays at rest. And I'd say, if I'm going to sit down, I'm not getting up. <laughs> so, you know, got to stay busy. And, 
um, accept responsibility for your actions. These things get harder for to stay positive, but accept responsibility. Uh, learn to forgive yourself. Another thing that positive people do differently. They know uh, how to move on and not dwell on defeat. And lastly, they resist comparisons. And so those are eight eight things. And, you know, some of them seem really easy. Others of them seem really hard. I was reading this list last week and just thinking, dang, I want to be positive, but I don't know if I can be that positive yet. Yeah. Well, I think the thing, and this is a very important thing that Purple Door has taught me, is that perfection is not attainable. Yes. To source your progress is not to seek perfection. It is to hold yourself in account for doing those things. And to be honest, I find some of those things easy and I find some of those things hard. And right. I believe that different people would find different ones of those hard. Right. For some people, avoiding comparison is nothing for them. But for some people, that same person may not be able to be kind very easily. But someone that is kind may have such trouble avoiding comparison. Right. Absolutely. That one's the hardest one for me. Mm-hmm. Avoiding comparison. Me I, as well. All the other ones I'm like, yeah, yeah, forgive yourself. Yeah, yeah. Avoid comparison. Ooh. Yeah, especially in our Ooh. media digital age, it's easy oh, yeah. to do that of, you know, whether you're comparing yourself personally or like through your career or through your business, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's easy to do and it's hard hard to defeat. I know uh, being in a competitive market such as radio, it's easy to do like, oh, he has a better voice than me. Oh, he's more creative than me. But, you know, I am I am me. I'm who I'm created to mm-hmm. be and got to be the best me that I can be and gosh darn it I'm worth it absolutely and you know what the if you can do the best if all you can do is do the best you can do then you're doing good awesome (laughs) well Madison how can people find Purple Door physically and also on the interwebs Um, we are at purpledoorcoffee.com and we're at 2962 Welton Street in Denver Colorado purpledoorcoffee.com thank you guys so much for coming in Thank you. Thank you, Moose. Purple Door Coffee, look them up online, and they're still accepting donations for their roastery, so make sure you help them impact the youth of Denver. Thank you so much. Thank Thanks. you. Eight ten KLVZ, Brighton, Denver, and the entire Front Range. Online at klvz.com. A Crawford Broadcasting Station. Hope starts with a meal at Denver Rescue Mission. Each year, the mission provides hundreds of thousands of meals to the hungry and homeless in our community. And each year, the number of hungry increases. You can help this Thanksgiving season by giving at denverrescuemission.org. By giving to the mission, you guarantee that someone in need gets a Thanksgiving meal this year given to them through the Denver Rescue Mission. Just $1.92 is all it takes to provide a warm and hearty meal for one hungry man, woman, or child. You would be surprised by how little it takes to make an impact. Such a small amount can restore hope and begin to change lives. You can also donate a turkey to the mission, ensuring that a family will have one for Thanksgiving. Ready to help the cause? Donate online at denverrescuemission.org. Change happens here. Hey, it's Angie. Do you have dreams and goals that you really want to reach and you don't know how to reach them? You feel lost, like you don't have a roadmap to your dreams? Do you need like a big jolt of coffee? Well, that's Carrie Conley. She has a big event coming up and every year I go and it helps me reach my goals. Hi, Carrie. Hi, how you doing? Yes, very, very excited about the event. 
called Vision is Victory. It's the third annual. It's in January uh, 2016, the 14th through the 16th in Scottsdale, Arizona. It'll be beautiful. And I'll be there. You'll be there. Tickets are very reasonable right now. Great excuse to get away from Colorado in the cold winter months. And you really teach us um, every single step we have to take to take what we want in life and actually put it into actionable steps and reach our goals. That's right. I want people walking out knowing exactly what to do and how to get there. And in three days, we learn that. You do. I and did. And meet some really awesome people and have a lot of fun. It is a blast. And I learn so much every year that I go. All right, Carrie Conley, how do we reach you? InfiniteNation.com. InfiniteNation.com. Hi, it's Angie. Would you like to have a bigger business or grow your nonprofit and make more money for your charity? I would love to help you. If you like the good news, if you believe in what we do, we work with our sponsors personally. And I have friendships. I know everyone that works on the good news as an advertiser myself. And so I would love to help you build your business. And I would love to have you help support the good news if you enjoy it. And I love to work with nonprofits, as you know. So please contact me if you have questions. And News at gmail.com. Again, it's News at gmail.com if you'd like to partner with the good news. Pleasant to your ears, rejuvenating to your soul. 810 KLVZ, where love lives. Welcome back to the good news. Well, I know that many of you, if not all of you in one way or another, are impacted by cancer in your lives. It's touched your life in one way or another. My mother-in-law is a breast cancer survivor. And according to the American Cancer Society, nearly 14.5 million cancer patients and survivors in the U.S. And that number is continuing to rise every day as, you know, technology uh, increases and just gets more important and, uh, you know, fights cancer. And uh, the the need for, to support these survivors and people going through it is really important, including, you know, how they go back to work during and after treatment is becoming very important. And in fact, there's a new survey that shows a majority of those cancer patients and survivors want to continue working and want to go back to work. And, you know, that can be quite a feat in and of itself because I know that uh, the treatments for cancer really takes it out on you. And uh, joining me today are the people who conducted these results and also have some more tips for us. Rebecca Nellis, who is the Chief Missions Officer of Cancer and Careers, and Kathy Flora, who is a cancer survivor and career coach. Hi, ladies. Hello. Hi. So, you know, t- tell me about the survey. Unpack it a little bit for us. What, why is um, cancer in the workplace so important? Sure. So I think you hit on some of it already, right? If there are 14.5 million cancer patients and survivors and that number is only growing because yes. we know that about a million and a half people are diagnosed with cancer every year and more than 44% of those who were diagnosed last year were of working age, we're just looking at larger and larger numbers of people who are going to be balancing both a cancer diagnosis and history uh, with their work. And so the survey was important to us because we wanted to not just collect the incredible anecdotal information that we get when we travel the country all year long uh, working with patients and survivors and healthcare professionals, but also get some numbers behind it so we can talk about it uh, in, in an additionally meaningful way. And was there any, the any surprise we- findings? Well, so I think a lot of the findings really validated what we hear, but what I found super interesting was when you take a closer look, we heard from the survey population both that 69% of them said their primary reason for continuing to work was financial, but at the same time, that same number told us that cancer recovery is aided by the routine nature of work, that it helps them cope. 
So work plays both a practical functional role, which is not a surprise, right? Finances, health insurance, benefits, those kinds of things. Right. But also a role in how someone feels about themselves and the positivity in their recovery and how they see themselves and what they're contributing to the world. And so I think that is not shocking, but so interesting and important to shine a light on. And what are some tips for people that are going through cancer or surviving? Um, What can you provide for them that uh, might help them secure some work? Well, one of the first things that I think people need to do is to think about what their cancer diagnosis is going to mean in terms of their ability to work and uh, what the treatment and side effects might possibly be. So they need to talk with their medical treatment providers and get that picture in place. And then they need to understand what their rights are. Um, There are many laws that will support them um, to get the accommodations that they might possibly need, depending on the size of their employer. And then they need to think about putting together a communication plan, figuring out who they need to talk to and whether or not they want to disclose their diagnosis and also whether or not they're going to need any accommodations during the course of their treatment. And having a a plan in place ahead of time before they actually go out and talk to anybody at the workplace is going to be helpful for them. If they're a job seeker, the same thing. They need to have that communication plan, and they need to know who to disclose and when. What can employers do to help this in the workplace? What can employers do? Yes, ma'am. Employers are becoming more and more aware of the rights and possible accommodations for those that are um, experiencing a cancer diagnosis. Everybody has to adjust when someone um, is going through cancer treatment. So being open, being aware of what the policies in the company are, being able to talk with the uh, cancer survivor and, and help them navigate some of the things like what are the current policies, what are the assistance available, perhaps hooking them up with the HR organization, helping them navigate through some of the insurance questions are real important. And then also sometimes it's important for them to just listen to the cancer patient and determine um, whatever accommodations or how to approach this whole issue, taking the cues from the patient themselves. Because if the person doesn't want to disclose and they want to maintain some privacy or if they need some assistance and they need a little bit of, of um, a change in their work schedule, for example, being aware and being accommodating and flexible is going to be important because as treatment goes on, things change and they need to be able to stay in constant contact with that person who is going through the treatment so that they can adjust. And where can people go for more information on this survey? Uh, the Cancer and Careers website is kind of your one-stop shop for all of this and all of our programs and resources, and that's cancerandcareers.org. Wonderful. Thank you so much, ladies. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for listening to The Good News. I am Producer Moose. Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time.